Hey, it's Megan. Welcome back to the Batchcast. We didn't even have one week off. We went from Rachel finding love on The Bachelorette straight into paradise. And I'm super stoked because I've heard nothing but amazing things about Bachelor in Paradise. This is my first season ever watching it. I heard there's just so much drama. It's so entertaining. A lot of sex, a lot of drunkenness right up my alley. So today I'm going to delve into these 4 million episodes by myself, which should be very interesting. No judging. I'm going to have guests on in the future, but today I'm recapping alone. So sorry about it. If you're not into it, you can always just turn it off. There's that. A two night season premiere. Not completely positive, but I think it just goes to Monday's next week, which will definitely be better for my relationship. It did start off very, very slow, though, in my personal opinion. I heard it gets better once, you know, people start fighting over people and all that. They introduce new people into the show. People go home, blah, 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 blah. Well, I I thought it started off pretty slow. Of course, they teased the scandal that involved Demario Jackson and Corinne that shut down production completely. And, you know, they're going to drag that out as long as possible. And they really did. And it was pretty dramatic, but I think that's just the way the show goes in general, so I'm okay with it. So, let's just start from the beginning. We start off with the super cheese balls intro. Dean comes out of the pool, spits water, Raven blows a kiss. Then there's Vinny, Amanda, who I'm not familiar with because, like I said, this is my first season ever watching, but I heard that she was on last season the dude she found in Workout. You guys can fill me in on that. Christina, there's Ben Z, who loves his dog. Mad respect. Jasmine. Alexis, who I really love, by the way. I loved her on Nick's season as well. Um, but she could totally have been on the Jersey Shore. Like, if there's a re- reboot or something, she should be on it. Lacey, a.k.a. the Camel Girl. Also, who? I have no idea who that is. Uh, Danielle M, Demario, and Corinne, not for long. Diggy, Matt, Nick, then eventually Robbie, of course, and his hair. So I'm not going to break down how each person arrives because that would be really long and boring. But I wanted to mention Corinne's arrival. She brought her own champagne and then one for Chris, which he didn't even drink. So that was totally dumb. She learned how to say nap and cheese pasta in Spanish. So you know she's ready. Also, doesn't she live in Miami? How does she not know how to speak any Spanish at all and live in Miami? Seems impossible. So everybody gets there. Chris sits them all down and says this season is going to be a little different. The girls are going to give out the first rose, which I'm assuming usually the dudes do it first. Like I said before, first time ever watching. So this doesn't seem different to me, but I'm cool with it. I like the women being in power first. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Then they announced that Jorge is going to be leaving to pursue his dreams. He's starting up his own business, and then he starts crying. Um, He seemed pretty funny. I would have liked to watch him a little bit more, but whatever. Uh, The new bartender is going to be Wells. So I don't know much about Wells. I know he's attractive, and I know that they keep saying um, that he's just there to be a bartender and not there to find love, which they keep repeating over and over again. So obviously foreshadowing, he's going to find love. And my guess as of right now is definitely going to be Danielle. 
just a little side note. So Christina gets the first date card. She picks Dean. They kind of have already hit it off. You know, I think they come into the show thinking of people they would be interested in or maybe they've watched previous shows so they know a little bit about them. They go to dinner and they talk about their relationship, which is kind of weird considering they don't even really know each other that well, but whatever. Uh, Suddenly, Mexican folk dancers storm the plaza where they're having dinner and it's this big like dance party. And that was pretty cool, I guess. They seem cute together. I'm digging it. And I guess they can relate because they haven't had the easiest life growing up. Anyways, then St. Nick, I guess. I don't get the Santa Claus thing with him. Um, Maybe it's because I haven't seen anything with him in it. Uh, Was interested in Jasmine, but he gets too drunk and starts inappropriately touching her face, which is awkward. She sends him to bed, and then she starts making out with Matt in the hot tub. She's clearly into Matt. He was from Rachel's season, but I don't really remember him that well. I don't know. He didn't stand out to me at all. Ben, on the other hand, I can totally get down with. He keeps talking about his dog, which people are seeming like they're annoyed with it, but I totally can relate. He's like, if I don't find love, I'm going home to my dog. Look, that's how I would be too, so I totally understand and feel him. Or I'd like to feel him. Totally kidding. So now we get into some of the people who are coupled up. It's Dean and Christina, Jasmine and Matt, Demario and Corinne, which they do show a little clip of that eventually, not anything near what we've heard in the news. Um, Iggy is into Lacey, but then she finds out that her grandpa died and she has to leave, which is obviously super sad. Then Robbie gets there. Look, guys, I know Robbie is from Jacksonville. I haven't watched the season he was on, but... I don't know why anybody would be into him. I just can't understand at all. He's very into Raven. It seemed like he came there with the purpose of trying to get with Raven. I mean, who isn't into Raven? Uh, Also, so is Ben. Really likes Raven. Robbie gets the date card. And then, of course, he takes Raven and they go jet skiing. Raven is is not into him at all. When they're talking, when they're having a conversation, she's like not even paying attention. Literally, his job says he's a social media influencer, aka every person who has ever been on The Bachelor or Bachelorette before and receives a fab fit fun box or skinny tees. Like, get the F out of here. He is so full of himself. I can't stand it. Then Raven pretty much roasts him, and it's amazing. I like how they have both clips, one of all the guys talking to Robbie, like, how'd the date go, man? And he's like, it was awesome. He's like boasting, saying it was so perfect, and he really thinks she likes him, blah, blah, blah. Then it goes to the girls, and she literally says, quote, I wrote this down because I think it's so funny. She says, I can't go on another date with someone who has prettier hair than me, prettier skin than me, and prettier abs than me. Robbie has like 12 abs. You should only have six abs max. Like, what do you do for a living? I don't trust you. That's scary. Stop working out. That is so perfect. And it made me laugh so hard because it's so true. He's clearly so obsessed with himself and she was not into it at all. She even said that she plays a drinking game with how many times he touches his hair. So every time he would touch his hair, she would take a drink. And that is freaking hilarious. That hair though, what in the F is up with it? It looks like a toupee or almost like he got a hair transplant, but it's someone else's hair. Like it doesn't fit. It doesn't seem like it's meant to be on his head. 
It's so weird and it makes me really uncomfortable. I hate it. All right, so then we move on. We find out that Mac gets the last date card of the week, and he picks Jasmine to go with him. They end up at a drag show. Um, This was an amazing date. I was such a fan of it. He actually got to dress up in drag. His name was Virginia, and he did a really good job. He went all out. He really committed to this drag, and it was pretty awesome. She was super into it. They seemed like they were getting along very well. So leading into the first rose ceremony, which we won't even get to see until like 14 more hours, apparently they really like to drag this out. Derek and Taylor are into each other. Raven decides to back off Robbie and his weird hair and tries to talk to Ben, and they make out, and apparently he's a better kisser than Robbie. Sorry, dude. Danielle is maybe into serial killer-looking Jack Stone. Everything else goes on hold, though, when producers grab Demario and Corinne, and it's this big, dramatic, like, stop filming, cut the cameras, put the cameras down, and everybody's kind of like, what the hell is happening? So then that's the end, and they take the big break. So then we're on to episode two. Night two, another two freaking hours. The first hour literally filled with Evan and Carly's wedding. Look, don't know who the hell Evan and Carly are. Apparently they met on Paradise last year, but that was like something I didn't care about at all. I literally fast forward through that part. If you're a big fan of theirs, I'm sorry. I just could not care less. I want to see what happened with the scandal. I want to get back to paradise. I want to get back to the arguing. I want to get back to the fighting, the drinking, blah, blah, blah. So we finally get back and get into the scandal. Chris brings everyone back on the show, asks how everyone's doing, sits them down for a serious talk. Now, obviously, Corinne is not there. Demario is not there. We've heard everything about this by now. We've talked about it on past podcasts. We know what happened. Or actually, we really don't. They're so unclear about it. Chris said, quote, they're able to come back because Warner Brothers, the investigation, found no evidence of misconduct. They all trust that conclusion and don't believe that anything bad happened between DeMario and Corinne and that the media kind of blew it out of proportion. That damn media. I mean, maybe it's just me, but I kind of feel like this type of allegation about someone being taken advantage of while they were incoherent is a big deal. So I don't really like how they pushed that off into the news, but whatever. So we move on to Chris asking everyone if they think race played a part in this. And after a really long pause, they all agreed, yes, it did. Um, People are still uncomfortable and blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to get into that. But they really did come to DeMario's defense. They all felt that Corinne's I'm not a victim statement was vague and probably written by a lawyer and not by her. So I'm not really sure what happened in this situation. They break it down. They talk about it. Chris said it was a good time to talk about consent. Basically, Chris Harrison, a sex ed teacher, and it was really uncomfortable to watch. I mean, I guess it's very good to talk about these things so they know that everyone's on the same page and understanding. But it was a little bit awkward. I'm not going to lie. So then they basically have to say, is everybody good to be here? Everybody agrees they want to be there. They have to give verbal consent and blah, blah, blah. Yes, they're good. Obviously, that's how they're making money. And they have nothing else going on because they probably quit their jobs to be there. So, yeah, they're stoked to be back. Back in the show, 
everyone's back, ready to give out some roses, which will still be three more hours until that happens. Lacey's back from um, her grandfather's funeral, which is super sad. Raven apparently doesn't want Robbie or Ben. No one likes Alex. Dean spent the week off in Kentucky with Christina, which was an interesting plot twist. And um, then he kind of tells her that if she wants to go out with somebody else while she's there, she totally should. So then that's a lot of drama. She gets really upset because I think at this point they're like, well, it's way too early to be locked up with one person. But isn't that the whole point? If you find your person, then... Stick with them. Come on, Dean. Really letting us Deany babies down. There are three couples, Matt and Jasmine, Dean and Christina, and Derek and Taylor. Everyone else is kind of like free. Alex is into Amanda. Alex seems like he's not the best. He's kind of full of himself. He's kind of obsessive. I have to ask, what is the deal with Amanda? Why is everyone so mean about her? Is it about her having kids that are at home? They think she's a bad mom or what? I don't really hate her that much as of now. Maybe something else will happen, but I don't have any bad feelings towards her. Um, Amanda's obviously not into Alex. Uh, He doesn't get the hint. He keeps trying. And then Raven basically was like, hey, just take it down a few notches. So he's kind of like, okay, sorry. He's just really being aggressive and trying to get that rose. But like, chill, dude. Way too thirsty. Then there's a clip of Lacey who's like hysterically crying. She wants someone to love her, but she's really not feeling anyone. Also, homegirl. Way too much eyeliner. Like, you're on the beach. I feel like that's extreme. I get it that you have cameras in front of you. You want to wear makeup. I would do that too, but just like tone it down a notch. You know what I'm saying? Then Derek and Taylor get a date card and Lacey was really sad because she wanted some dude named Daniel to show up. I don't know him either, but they show a clip of him like humping the water and that was weird. Um, so then Derek and Taylor's date was really nice. I actually feel like they're the only people that have a genuine connection. Like they already seem like they could be falling in love with each other, which I know sounds insane at this point, but they are pretty cute. Then they spent the night together, which is a big step. It kind of seems like they're already dating. So the episode ends, and I'm sure I missed a lot of stuff, but four hours is a lot to cover, especially when I'm sitting in this room by myself rambling. And I'm sure I missed out on a few important things. There are some people that are kind of left alone. They're just not connecting with anybody or vibing with anybody, like Alexis, for example. My homegirl, she says she hasn't found anyone yet, and it's because she knows when her vagina dances. That's what she said. And I've never heard a sentence that I can relate with more. Mad respect for Alexis. The rose ceremony hasn't happened yet. It's been four hours and we still haven't seen who is staying, who is going home. I think a bunch of dudes are going to end up going home next week, but I'm assuming they'll bring more people in considering the previews they've been showing. So I'm excited. I'm excited to get into it. I'm excited to get past the whole dramatic Corinne and DeMario situation and just watch some good old-fashioned Bachelor in Paradise. Speaking of, though, there's a rumor going around that Chris is going to sit down and talk to both Corinne and DeMario. I'm not sure if it's going to be together or separate or what, but they haven't released the date for that yet. I will be nice to see because I really have a lot of questions and I feel like I need closure on this situation. Anybody else? Seriously. Okay, next week, 
Bachelor in Paradise. Hopefully I'll have a guest on with me. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you guys so much for listening. You can email me. You can tweet me. I'm always tweeting live during the show, by the way. It's at Megan, M-E-G-H-A-N, M-I-L-I-S-S-A. Yes, I know it's complicated. Megan, Melissa. It's my freaking name, all right? Take it up with my mom and dad. Email me if you want to correct anything that I said that was wrong or just don't because obviously I told you this is my first time ever watching this, so I can't be right about everything. But it's Megan, M-E-G-H-A-N, at WAPE.com, and I will see you guys next week. And by see you guys, I mean you can listen to it. My name is Megan, and this has been The Batchcast.